welcome to season two of the Joy for Ministry podcast. I am super excited for our first episode of the season. I get to sit down with Donna James. It's extra special for me because Donna was my pastor's wife for many years. She served alongside her husband as a pastor's wife, a woman in ministry. She's led Bible studies. I've heard her preach dynamite messages from the pulpit. She's led women's conferences. And now she serves right alongside her husband, who is the network superintendent for the Assemblies of God in New Jersey. She loves to pour into pastors' wives, women in ministry. I know you will be blessed by our conversation today. This is part one of a two-part episode. Stay tuned. Hi, Donna. Hi. How are you, Joy? I'm good. I am so excited, number one, to see you, and number two, to have you on my podcast. Thank you. I am so excited. It's great to see your beautiful face too. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So, um, yeah, you know, it's interesting because I think sometimes when, when that's the question, it's hard sometimes to really yeah. talk about, like, you know, the first thing that I think about, well, is I'm a mom and I'm a wife, you know, I'm a grandmother and, you know, those are all of those, those things. But I think thinking about like, really, you know, who am I and, the kind of the core of me is, um, you know, I, I, I laughed the other, the other day we were talking about personalities and things about, you know, if you're a glass half full or half empty. And mm. I, you know, I, I think I'm just really, a, uh, I'm a full glass. I, I really am. I, yeah. I uh, for the most part, I try to see that. And I'll, you know, and part of that is, is one of the things I am is a, is a cancer survivor. When I was mm. 28 years old, I had breast cancer. And in my family, and, and that's that's like another a whole other you know podcast. But um, one of the things that related to my family is that it was um, my mother had died of cancer, and aunts and grandparents, wow. and so it was really, um, really through my spread through my family. And so um, for me, it was, and I was only twenty eight years old. My children were two and four and seven, so very wow. young. And looking at it like with eyes of, oh my goodness, it was for me kind of like a death sentence in ways because no one had survived it. So early on in that, I kind of purposed, I think I was always more of a positive person, but I, I kind of thought about, you know, I, I love the name of your podcast, but you do Joy for Ministry because there, there came a point in my life where I had to like exceed, you know, the superficial joy and really go deep in that. Um, I would be joyful daily because really that's all we get. We wake up in the morning and mm. we get today. Wow. And so part of that in me is like saying, you know, Lord, I, you know, I, I don't always love life to the full, but I, I think innately the Lord and through the gift of the, the fruit of the spirit, which one of them is joy, it's a resident in us. And so will we will we tap into that and allow mm. that fruit to really rise up within us? And uh, so I think that I, I, I pray that's what people see in me. And, uh, and again, not, not perfect. And I'm not like a Pollyanna. I know that things aren't, I mean, the fact that I walked through cancer, I mean, that's not an easy thing. No. So we, we go, we, we go through our struggles, but it's kind of how we go through our struggles, I think is, is part of that. So, you know, I think, you know, for me, I am, you know, I was a pastor's wife for over 
40 years and, um, you know, a mom and, and raising my kids and doing ministry alongside him, taught at church, uh, led prayer ministry, um, shared with conferences and retreats and that kind of thing. And my, and that, I love doing that. I love being with women and, um, we're complicated, but Hey, yes, we are. (laughs) It's all, it's all good. Yeah. God has wired us. So, um, yeah. So I think that is really, you know, to answer simply, there's a lot of things who I am and it's, it's hard to, to yeah. But I, I love that you opened with that because it's funny. I was thinking all day about talking with you tonight. And I thought about when I think of Donna James, I think I am sure ministry has been tough, but you, as long as I've known you, you have done it with such joy and grace and, and I would say joy, like that was, so when you, so opening like that, it's like, it's clicking. It makes so much sense Mm -hmm. to me. Like you walked through this and it really, um, gave you this perspective of, of enjoying, you know, ministry and your life. So that's really cool. Cause that ties into what I was thinking about you today. Um, Oh, good. 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 <laughs> One of the other things too, I just wanted to add on because we're at a different season in our life right now. We've left full-time ministry at a church and my husband was uh, elected to a position for the whole of New Jersey for this, for our churches, the assembly of God churches in New Jersey. So it kind of pulled me out of, you know, my role, which things are shifting and, and then of course COVID all of that hit. And so every time I would, I would say like, all right, God, what, what now? Because I, I felt, I felt a loss. I think Mm. men kind of step in, he, he had a new position. And so all of a sudden he's in that place and I'm unpacking boxes and, you know, trying to settle into our new place. But, um, I just, I, I finally just said, you know, I surrendered to the Lord and I just said, God, you have this season of my life. I'm not, I, I don't want to strive or be sad about what was, I mean, I think we all have to, we go through the grieving of what was and, and that's okay, but looking forward to the new thing. And so um, one of the things that's, that I was asked to do by um, Crystal Martin, who heads up in Springfield, our network of women ministers uh, for our nation. And so she asked me if I would lead uh, for New Jersey so oh. I, so I am, I am now leading or facilitating that network of women in ministry and it's, you know, it's ground zero. I don't have any idea. It's like, we're taking baby steps and of course it's COVID and now it's the holidays. And so little bit by little bit, but I'm excited about it. And I'm excited to build a team of women around me that that's so we, exciting that we build up, not just, um, you know, uh, women who are in full-time ministry, but pastor's wives also, who are just as called in ministry right. to walk alongside their husbands in doing Right. This. And to give it some perspective, you were at Bethany Church for how many years? We were there for 34 years. 34 years. So when you say new, like it's, I mean, you have really left something that you have known for so many years yeah. to venture into something new. That's big. Yeah. Yeah. And every other time we've moved, like we moved from Colorado, we were on in a staff position there. And so we uprooted with family. So mm. it, that was hard, but I took my three kids with me. 
And this season, you know, it's Don and I, and it's, so it's the two of us. And I, you know, I, I love my kids and I love being in relationship and fellowship. And so now it's, it's, that's even looking a little different yeah. and, you know, even nav- navigating that to, you know, make time for them and for our grandchildren. So, right. That's well, you, you have, like I said, since I have known you, you have seemed to do ministry so, um, effortlessly. And I know, obviously I'm seeing my small perspective, but even seeing you on stage and lead women's Bible studies and so obvious your heart for the body of Christ and for women. Um, so I want to go back a little bit. I now, obviously, you know, that was what I seen many years into your ministry. When you first start out in ministry, did you feel prepared for that role? Did you know what you were stepping into? No, not at all. So Don and I were married at 19. And wow. now I, I had had a salvation experience uh, when I was about 12 in a Baptist church and was saved and baptized and, uh, but didn't really, it was more, it was more a salvation, not really lordship. And uh, Don and I started dating in high school. And then he, before we got married, um, the, in premarital counseling, our, the pastor that married us led him to the Lord. So at 19 years old, we kind of stepped into marriage with that, but yet um, not connected to a local church, which I think is what God did for Don and I both in understanding the importance of relationship and connecting in local church. Because we were, we went to the church that the pastor married us and only about three months and then he moved to California and there was nothing else in that church that connected us. And so we we left and we just kind of stayed with our friends from school and didn't, you know, our lifestyle didn't really change. And so it really wasn't after Jason was born. And I was kind of laughed because at the time we didn't know about the Jesus movement because you, you look back and you say, Oh, all these people got saved during that whole time of the, you know, late sixties and seventies. Mm. So we, we rededicated our lives in the seventies and we started a church in our neighborhood and, uh, well, we didn't start it. it. It had been started, but it was a church plant. I think we were like, um, you know, member number 17. So it was small. Wow. And so you get, you go into a church and it's that small, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've known Jesus, you're going to work, you know, right. there's everybody's got something to do. And uh, so early on, Don felt a call. He, mm. he was, so I'll tell just a little brief about him. He, he Reading and all that kind of stuff for him, you know, if he read a book, it was a miracle. Well, after he got saved, the pastor that um, that was in the church in in, uh, in Colorado, Rep, he picked him every day after after um, Don got home from work. He met him and he mentored him in a way that, I mean, when I look back at it, I'm like, wow, that was amazing. I mean, gave him books to read and he just he just read voraciously wow. and felt early on a call. But then some things shifted in uh, our lives and in the church, and we ended up leaving that church. And, and some of it was like, well, we just think maybe that was just a, you know, new zeal for God, and it really wasn't a specific call. So we started this church in Colorado, and, and um, the kids were, I think John was just a baby, like seven months old. And, and uh, so Jason would have been five and Christy two, you know, so mm. young. And um, we were not there very long. And one of the staff um, took Don aside and because and, we were beginning to do some things in the church and, and said, you know, you, 
trying to get him to be in ministry and, and felt like they, they saw the call on him. So they spoke that into him. And he, so he started, he worked at the airlines. And so he started his um, ministry training um, through this ministry called Berean. And then he ended up going to Southwestern Assemblies of God uh, College uh, through their distance education. So we, you know, I will say this, we did not come the normal way mm. of walking into ministry. So we, we were in this church. And um, so we just started doing ministry and there was a need for singles ministry. And so we stepped into that and Don and I took over what we called the roaring twenties. It was the 20, twenties, the 20 somethings that we, we became the pastors over, even though we were not in full time or anything. It was just, we were Don was working at the airlines and I was raising my kids. And so we really didn't, um, it's not like we went away to Bible school and felt this call at youth camp and then, you right. know, went away. And so it was never, it was never on the radar at all for that. That would be where God would take us. Mm -hmm. So we just thought we would be good lay people in the church. And so Don started his, all the, all of the um, education. And so when we stepped into full-time ministry, we stayed in the same church. They hired him. And we just continued doing the same thing we were doing. So in a lot of ways, I mean, I look back at it and I'm like, what a gift. You know, we weren't uprooted from one thing to go to another place. And so we just were doing, doing what we were already doing. So uh, it was not, I'll just say it was, it was not difficult, it, but it's not the normal story. Right. Right. I love that. I love that, you know, sometimes you have those stories that are different but it just leads you into, you know, who got, where God has called you and who the type of pastor and pastors like he's called you to be, you know, yeah. doesn't look, it's not cookie cutter. Right. And I think that, I, I think now, especially because I think it helps um, women, you know, uh, and, you know, men too, to kind of like, you feel like if you don't do it, I mean, it used to be, it was just a specific way. You, you went away to Bible school or to seminary and that's how you, that's how you did it. And I think there's just so many other ways now and God has like broadened ministry to look so much different. And right. that's a good thing. And I think to hear, you know, because I have to say one of the things I, I struggled with in ministry sometimes with this is that if you go away to ministerial things and the majority of the, of, you know, women that you talk to, they've all, they've got their education. They did, they got a Bible degree or they felt called to be a pastor's wife from a young age or a missionary or something. And I would sometimes feel very insecure about that. Like, ah, uh, you know, I didn't do it the right way, you know? And so right. you can feel sometimes like you can get pulled down and the enemy wants to, I think, make, make you not feel like what you're doing is worth as much as someone else that's gone another way. Right. Yeah. That's so true. And I've heard other pastor's wives that won't go to women's Bible studies. Like they'll go and they say, but I can't speak because they are afraid. Um, actually, somebody just told me this. They are afraid that when they, that people will expect them to mm -hmm. come up with, you know, have so much Bible knowledge or come up with something very spiritual or profound. And so it's so easy to look at yourself and say, well, I'm not like so-and-so, you know, and I, that was a trap that I fell into early on in ministry. You know, I, and I think that's something that, um, 
we all can fall into. So it's so good when you see people that are speaking or they're different or, you know, you can say, you know, I'm different too. And God can use that. I love that. And I, and I think too, coming in the way I did was a, I didn't even really know what a pastor's wife was like. Like I had no, I, I had no expectation of my pastor's wife because really for the most part, I didn't, I didn't, have that to look at or, or an expectation of what I thought someone should be like. And so I, I was, I didn't put it on myself. And I think that is, I think that is huge. And if there's a way that we can encourage one another to say, don't, I think a lot of times we we kind of walk into a scenario and we put the expect, like what we think the expectation is that we can't meet, but then because we've kind of put it out there, then other, other people, then expect that from us. Right. And I think we, we just kind of, we just walk in with the, the gift of who we are and where our strengths are, and then, you know, allow God to grow us. And, and then also that we, we can't do it all. I love being able to hand off things to, you know, when I see gifts and other, you know, other women, not even just pastors, yeah. but just lay gals in the church that have a, a gift to teach or a gift to minister and pray. And, uh, encouragement like that and to pass that off and let let us all just walk in this that it's not right we're not this the one size fits everything in the church right absolutely so what were some of the early struggles that you faced some anything that you want to add to that um some things that you maybe didn't expect that you were walking through early in ministry um well, I think that, you know, because my kids were so young in the early parts, a part of our ministry, I, I was very, um, I think, engaged in, you know, my, my kids and knew how important it was to, you know, be there for them. And I, I did have to work. I didn't work full time, but I worked part time. So there was part of that. So, um, so I think some of the struggle was maybe not being able to be at something that I wanted to be at because, yes. you know, my kids, you know had to get to bed or, um, but one of the cool things that we did was with our, with our uh, ministry and our singles group, especially is we always, we had them in our home. Mm. So our kids became a part of what we did too. So what, so sometimes so weekly we had small group with them. So our kids were all a part of that rather than it being someplace else. Mm. So for me to be involved then it would be like, okay, well then let's bring it home then for right. be involved. Yeah. So I think that part, and then I think, you know, as I mentioned, just having, you know, walking through being so young and walking, walking through cancer, um, you know, that kind of, um, that enveloped, enveloped me a lot. So a lot of the ministry stuff probably didn't come until, you know, honestly, I would say probably not as much as we were in Colorado. I mean, I walked alongside Don in the singles ministry and we did retreats with them and stuff, but probably not until we got to New Jersey and I think um, the ministry here became, uh, I began to, I think just to be felt more comfortable with my gifts, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think just growing, just growing up and being um, a little more mature and just taking that, those steps of, um, okay, I, I think I'll try that. Like, I do remember one of the first things that I was asked to do uh, was to teach four-year-olds and I, I love little kids, but I can just tell you after a little bit of time, I was like, yeah, I, I'm not, that's not the best place. It's for not me. my gift. Not my gift. And maybe it was because my kids were still young at the time, but 
once we moved into the singles ministry in that 20 age group, like I felt like, yeah, this is my mm. niche. But I, I don't think sometimes you know what those places are if you don't say yes to other things, you know? Right. So I think our yes to things help us find our no to things. Right. As long as you can say no. Exactly. That's, that's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I think one of the things I, I had thought about with even affecting me with, you know, kind of going through the, um, the cancer was gave me some real empathy and for what others were walking through. So as much as you don't ever want someone to walk through a hard time, you know, we're always praying for stuff to, um, to leave people, right? When something's going bad, we pray for the bad thing to leave and the good thing to come. And, and yet, you know, I, I can testify that in those difficult days, I, I drew in to the Lord. Like, I don't think I ever could have without that, like, Mm. God, I've got to find you and I need you desperately in this and that. Um, so struggle, but then, you know, what God fed me then enabled me, I think, to in ministry to be able to walk with people. And, you know, I think anybody that is wanting prayer for something or encouragement, if if you talk with somebody that's like, well, you know, I really, you know, life for me has just been really pretty much perfect. So I'll pray for right. you, but like, I can't even understand what you're going through. Right. So, um, yeah, so ministry struggle, I just have to say, I think I'm sometimes oblivious to stuff. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I want to be more oblivious to stuff. But honestly, I think that's, that's a really good word for other women in ministry. Like, it's okay sometimes to not get affected by the ups and downs to so just, you know, roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe you walking through that time in your life, you know, really helped prepare you. Um, or maybe in it, like it equipped you to be able yeah. to do that yeah. more. Yeah. And I think too, you know, when you walk through something, um, you know, so whether it's a, an illness or it's, it's something with family or I think it helps you measure, you know, like I said earlier, measure your day and kind of think about, you know what, I've, I really um, want my life to represent the Lord. I want it to be that we are people that make, we want the world to see us that we are different. And again, not perfect, but, you know, Jesus does make a difference in our life. And Mm. so I, I think when we can just laugh at ourselves and own, own the stuff, you know, I think it just other people, I think, can look at us and say, oh, wow, good. I'm so glad that, you know, you're just normal, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love that. So it's funny because I was thinking of another story today about you and I've never told you this, um, but, you know, people watch you sometimes when, when you don't, you don't realize it, like people take things from you and different, you know, wisdom and things that they see, you know, like our kids do, they watch us. And I remember Jason and I were in ministry at our very first church and we came to Bethany church for something. I don't, I don't know what it was for. It was some sort of, um, I feel like it was a Sunday morning. Maybe we had off and we came, you know, to Bethany church for Sunday morning. And um, your husband, Pastor Don, was preaching, and he gets up and he's he's speaking the message, and he said, 
Well, I had Donna read over my message for me and she gave me some, you know, feedback and different things. And she thought this was okay. And I'm, and he's saying this to the congregation. And I look over at my husband, who is a pastor who would never have done that. And I see him go like, he had this face like, wow. And do you know, I feel like that was something that he saw you guys walk out. And I feel like that moment changed something for us as a husband and wife in ministry and how we do things together. Mm, that's good. And I love that you do these things. You, you are this person, you are who you are all the time and that you don't even know it, but people are taking these things from you, mm. you know, and there's a, I actually have a few of those. The first time you got up to speak on a Sunday morning, I was like, dang, she could speak in front of a whole, like, like I, that was so amazing to me to see your strong leadership and you, you weren't, you were just you, mm. you didn't have to say everything perfectly and your heart came through and it was anointed. And those things really have stuck with me all these years. Oh, thank you, Joy. So I love that. So how have you seen ministry change over time? Yeah. So that one is, um, yeah, 40, 40 plus years. And, um, you know, a lot of things, obviously you want to stay same, you know, that same message of who Jesus is and how he changes lives. That's what he wants to do. But I was thinking about, so ministry, um, I, I think the, there's pros and cons to this, but I thought early in ministry, it was, you know, our local church, it was our pastor, it was what we, what we did. And there was very little outside input. Um, there were a few, you know, ministers that were, you know, kind of doing, you know, there was Billy Graham. Well, it was, that was Billy Graham, you know, none of us were him. Um, so there wasn't a lot of external voices that in the church that people heard. And uh, so I think you stayed there was a sense of, I think, a greater, maybe, I don't know if unity's right, but there was a greater sense of you were walking this journey, listening to a pastor and the, and the teachers that were there at your church. And, um, and there was, um, I was a part of Bible study fellowship, which was a, um, you know, it was an outside group that had a, and so I'm, I was meeting other, other women in my small group, but and so you were encouraged by one another, but not all like today with, I mean, YouTube videos and podcasts and, you know, you can go and hear anyone. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of big names. There's a lot of voices and a lot of really good voices. But I think one of the things that is the struggle in ministry is like, you're feeling sometimes like, oh, well, how can... How can you even compete with some of these voices out there, these big churches and these, you know, women that gather thousands, you know, in their, in their meetings. And so it can feel your little group of 30 feels very insignificant. Um, so I think that's one of the things that's changed. And, and when you get those voices then saying, okay, here we are local church, but then you get a lot of voices say, oh, I, I heard so-and-so and maybe we should do this. Or how about we try that? And so it's easy to sometimes think, oh, you know, okay, well, maybe we need to change this. And then all of a sudden, 
you've lost sight of just really your own, your church's DNA, what you're supposed to do and stay, stay the course on the call that God is telling you to do. So it doesn't mean that you can't implement some things. I remember the first time I went to, uh, I went to a color conference in Sydney, Australia was an awesome thing. They, it was, um, it was huge. And it was so, I mean, I can just remember thinking this women's conference, it was so over the top. First time I'd ever heard Christine Kane. Mm. And all I thought was like, oh my goodness, there's no way to replicate this. But then I felt like Holy Spirit say, well, what here can you replicate? What can you bring home? That's a fit for your women and fit for your church. And so I think those things are good that you can say, all right, I, I'm not going to run after this ministry, but I see this and, and my heart connects with that that they do. And maybe that's something that we can, that we can do. So I feel, you know, I feel that it's hard sometimes for, for pastors to lead when the congregation, I think, gets so much input from other places. And um, mm-hmm. one of the things that Don and I really tried to do in ministry, and I think we were pretty successful um, because, you know, you change, you know, ministry does change and you've got to stay current and some and those things. But part of it is, is just not going off the rails all the time because people come to church for stability. Mm-hmm. We don't know what their homes look like. For the most part, you know, uh, you know, you pray that families are coming to get coming to church and they, they didn't get out of their car fighting, but listen, we all know that happens, right? Right. We know that they've just drugged their 14 year out out of bed and made them come to church. And they're like mad, mad, mad that they're there. And so I think if from all of the things that are out in the world and the unsurety of maybe of in a home environment or what school looks like and friends and all of that that does not seem stable at all, that to be able to build something in local church that says that I know when I go to church on Sunday or Wednesdays, or when I go to youth group, or I go to my Bible study, and this group that I'm with, I am, I feel a steadfastness and a stability that I really need in my life. And so I, I think that is, that is just key and so important. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Um, and then, and I think one of the other changes, which I think is awesome, is that you're just seeing more and more and more women step into places of ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, back when I was first starting, now Don and I both led singles ministry, so I would I would do some upfront front things with them. But as far as in the local, you know, in that in the main sanctuary or my pastor's wife, and I didn't really see that at at all, and we didn't see women getting credentialed or coming into places of ministry. And so I think that's been a really good change. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I also think that we've got to, you know, allow ourselves to be who we are and not, uh, not every pastor's wife is going to step into that kind of upfront role. It's not right. going to be who she is. She's like, just keep me, you know, keep me in the prayer right. line. I'll, I'll do that or, or whatever it is that they feel called to do. So it's important. We don't, we don't, same kind of thing. We don't make that, you know, because we're seeing more women then we make every woman then, well, you need to be upfront and you need to be doing this. And so, right. I think that's so important what you said. Um, and that ties into just that point about, you know, not comparing yourself to, you know, this event or this church or this ministry. And I love that again, you're looking at, okay, what can I take from it that fits us? And 
and not comparing. I think Mm -hmm. as women, we can, and maybe men, I don't know, but we can compare ourselves to another woman. We compare our ministry to other women. And just, I love that you're saying that like you keep the DNA of who you are and not try to shift with Mm -hmm. everything that comes along to make, you know, to reach this person or get more people or, but if your focus is on, you know, who God has called us to be like starting with that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so important. That's so encouraging. So, all right, here's a big question. And I'm excited to ask you because you have done this well. I have three kids, three boys, 17, 13, eight, and you have three children all walking with the Lord as adults. And I look at you and I'm like, you've made it. Like if I can say, if I could look back and say, my kids are walking with the Lord, you know, mine are young and I'm in this stage of praying over them and, you know, hoping I'm not messing them up or they're seeing too many of the hard parts of church that they don't want to be involved. And so I know this is a huge question, but if you could just, um, you know, touch on it. You and your husband have raised three kids that are still walking with the Lord, two serving in full-time ministry. What is some advice you give to other ministry couples about raising kids in ministry in church? Well, this is great. A great question. I know we've had people sometimes say, oh, you know, your kids, you know, serve the Lord because, you know, you're pastors and that's, you know, just how it works, but that's not always how it works. Um, So I would say this, and I'll back up to kind of how, again, how we started ministry. When we started going to church, we were lay people. And somewhere along the line, and again, I kind of don't know where some of these things came from. It was just like, you know, because we, as you raise your kids, you know, you kind of always say, well, you got to pick your battles. You know, not all of them are worth, you know, going to war about. You know, you've got to see what's important. Well, one of the things that we knew that was really important was that, church, we were going to go to church. And so Saturday night, we were not making the decision to, you know, well, you know, or, or maybe what I say is we didn't go to bed Saturday night, and wake up Sunday saying, well, are we going to church or not? We made the decision Saturday night, clothes got out, shoes got out, all of this stuff. So the kids knew right. Saturday night, we were going to church on Sunday, Wednesday night. So when we started ministry, we were already doing that. And I think one of the cool things that I, if I'm, if I think about church life is we would tell our kids, we are not doing anything different. We don't, we, we're not in church today because we're the pastors. We're not in church on Wednesday night because we're the pastors. We're not in youth group because we're the pastors. We're in church because we are Christians and we need the body. We, we need one another in order to, to do this walk. And so that, that kind of was always there. So we didn't have this. And thankfully, we've we've had, I know not every church is like this, but the church in, in Colorado and Bethany, I again, I could have been oblivious to it, but I never felt the pressure about what my kids were, how they were supposed to act. Or, mm. you know, sometimes you'd hear about, you know, the glass parsonage, you know, the, the glass walls right. peering in. And I never felt that. And maybe it was just because, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't perceive that. And, um, and we didn't put those other than just, you know, 
we needed to be there. And the other thing that we always did, now we're not seeing it as much anymore because church services have changed. There's not Sunday night services, but uh, Sunday night, uh, when the, our kids were younger, we were, there was altar services every Sunday night. There was a call for something and we always brought our kids with us. And now they may or may not have prayed with us, but they went to the altar with us. And I think those were really important times um, in understanding the importance of, of praying and really seeking the Lord. Uh, so that was one thing. We were not, I'm going to be up, up front and honest, we were not the best about with family devotions. Like we'd always hear, you know, every, you should have your devotions. And, and we'd pray with our kids when they went to bed at night. But honestly, devotion times were, were like, uh, they were torturous. We yeah. had to do them. And then just, it, you always had this vision that you were going to sit down with the Bible and you're going to open it up and tell this story. And, you know, you, you got about 60 seconds out of them and that's about it. It didn't right. even matter what their age was. So, you know, I think a lot of parents might say, and honestly be truthful and say, we just, we did devotions with our kids every single night or, or every morning. And, and we put that as part of our, you know, that check mark that helped our kids. And that wasn't one of our check marks. So yeah. I'll just lay that right out there. We, we, we did them, but we were not consistent with them. So certainly not perfect. Um, I think it's important that you say that because I think there are families out there. There's people out there that might beat themselves up over, over not yeah. doing devotions or we're not. And so I think it's equally as important to say what you do. Right. And like, Hey, this wasn't us Yeah, Just to know that people can say, okay, that that's, that's okay. That's not me either. That's, right. you know, it's that point of like, okay, I can relate. Yeah. And that's where I think the aspect of like, pick your battles, do what works best. What's, what are the most important things? And you know, what you said, I, I is so true. Like, like the one thing of all the things that we, we will do in our life. The one thing we want is we want to see our children. And of course, now I've got grandkids. So I'm praying for them as hard as I did with my kids serve Jesus to love him and find him and serve him. And so that's number one in everything we do. And so, and the culture is so strong pulling our, our kids. I just, I see it uh, so much now with social media and the screens and just, and, and so much of that's, that's talked about. I mean, honestly, like what kids talk about now, like I would have been mortified to eat right. as an adult to have conversations like they have right. conversations, you know, but, um, so I, I think, so we, we always made sure that there was family time, like ministry Thursday night was always family night. It was Don would always, if anybody ever said, you know, can we meet or whatever he goes, he said, he, he said, oh, I already have a commitment. And he didn't tell him it was our family because a lot of times then people would go, Oh, they'll understand. You know, you can, you can, right. he just always said, no, I have, I have a, an appointment and I, and I can't do it. So Thursday nights were always the, cause we had church Sunday morning, Sunday night, then Wednesday night. And then kids were, had sports. One of the other things that we, that we did, and I, I know this is, this one is hard because and you got boys and sports is big, but um, that's, man, I think if there's something that's pulling at our kids and parents that are uh, having a hard time, they have a hard time saying no to their kids as it relates to sports when it pulls them out of everything. We didn't, you know, we, we would, um, 
we would not sign our kids up for anything if it took them out of every Wednesday night. Right. If there was an occasional Wednesday night, a makeup game or something. But if we went into a sports season and it said, oh, your child will be, you know, out right. every Wednesday night, then we just said, you know what, the Lord then has something else. This is not going to be what you're going to be playing. And honestly, our kids were, they did really good with it. You know, I think mm -hmm. sometimes there was a little bit of like, you know, they wanted to do it and uh, pouted maybe, but I think for the most part, we tried to do things not out of just the rules, but just out of like the understanding of the importance of wh why church was important, why being with other Christians was important, and kind of what the, what the, if you, if you just were totally always doing secular and in the world stuff that, um, you know, we, even now you think about church, if people come to church and that's an hour on a Sunday morning and that's it, you know, you trust that people are finding other places to enrich their, their, um, their spiritual life. But um, so, man, we just were like, doors are open. Here right. we are. And, and we, we had fun. We had fun in ministry. And I think that's the other thing. Mm -hmm. I, I felt like we let our kids see that we loved what we did. Mm -hmm. And it didn't always mean that everything was, again, perfect in the church. It wasn't, but it was just always, we just always had fun. Our singles ministry was fun. When we moved to New Jersey, the first people that my kids sought out were the singles in the church. And they didn't even wow. know them, but there was something that drew them. Oh, there's singles here. So right. they're, our, they're our friends. And uh, so I think involve them, let them see, you know, you do do ministry together and, you know, it, there's bumps, you know, in the right. road, you know, as you're watching them sometimes go, whoa, you know, the apathy kind of sets in and you just get on your knees a little bit. Right you know, more and, and, uh, right. So that's good. Yeah. And I think with things that you say are so balanced where you're saying, okay, we're in church devotions don't work for us, but also my kids are going to see that Thursday night is for you. So yeah. I'm saying no to other things. So I think that's such a great, healthy balance. You're like, yes, mm -hmm. church is very, is so important that we're there when the doors are open, but they're also seeing that your husband's saying, on Thursday nights, my kids are the most important, which yeah. sometimes that kids don't see. They see us saying no to them so we can go minister. Sometimes it's unbalanced yeah. the other way. So yeah. I love that. That's so yeah. good. You know, and I think also, you know, we talked about, you know, kind of who we are and that we're the same, that our kids didn't see somebody different at church and, at, and yes. somebody different at, at home. Yeah. It was kind of like, it was, it was, we were the same. And yes. That's so good. Yeah. That's, that's hard sometimes, <laughs> I know. but that is so good. That's so good. Um, and I, that's been my prayer for us lately is, you know, sometimes our kids get the worst of us because mm -hmm. sometimes you have to be on, you know? Yeah. Um, but that it, when there are those circumstances or there, or that does happen, I can go back and say, I'm sorry, yeah. you know? we mess up yeah. and yeah. And I think too, I, I think when maybe my, the kids are a little bit older and they could understand maybe if there were some things going on at church, you know, I'm talking young adult more than, but 
you know, I, it would be an interesting question to ask my kids. Do you remember when we were growing up that if, did you ever, ever hear us talking about anybody in the church? You know, we, 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 we tried not to do that. I don't, I think right. we, we didn't do that. Like if somebody had done something that we felt was unfair, we didn't, we didn't bring it home. So the kids didn't go to church thinking, oh, it's so-and-so, you know, um, made my mom cry or, right. <laughs> you know, that's so good. That's so important. That's so good. So equally as challenging of a question, um, but something that I have seen you do so well, and actually I think I've talked to you about this. Let's talk about friendships in the church. Okay. Thank you for listening today. Come back next week to hear Donna talk about friendships in the church, along with so many other things. We have a powerful conversation you are not going to want to miss. Please share us, rate us, subscribe. Send out this podcast link to as many women in ministry that you know. This is such an amazing conversation. Also, check out our website, joyforministry.com you need prayer, there's a link there that you can click and fill out an anonymous prayer request. We love to pray for women. Also, I want to let you know I have some exciting things happening this year that I'm going to give you more information on in the future. And I have a devotional out that just helps you get through a hard time. If you're struggling in ministry and you need that encouragement to know that you can thrive there and that God is for you, please send me an email. I will send you a copy. I'm going to put a link, the Amazon link in the show notes. I'm going to have more information on that in our social media page and on my website. I would love to get that in your hands if you are struggling right now in ministry and you just need that encouragement. Thank you for listening today. Again, please share us and subscribe and we will see you next week.